Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he got close to Damascus, and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. He fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise up, enter into the city, and you will be told what you must do. All right, today we're in Acts chapter 9. Let's go back to verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This guy was so consumed in his zeal against Christians, he got special permission from the high priest to travel all the way to Damascus just to seek out Christians who were there and then bring them bound back to Jerusalem. And it's not like Damascus was just around the corner. The city was about 130 miles northeast of Jerusalem, which in those days would have been about a six-day journey. You see, Saul wasn't content to get rid of the Christian presence in Jerusalem alone. He was literally willing to hunt down the believers wherever they could be found. This was becoming like a full-time job, obsession for him. He was so opposed to the spreading of Christianity and so determined to stop it that he was traveling all over the place in pursuit of them. As we learned from Acts 8, verse 3, Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Okay, Acts 9, verse 3. As he traveled, he got close to Damascus, and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. He fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Could you imagine this? Saul was on his way to Damascus, probably in a rush, and with anxious zeal to round up Christians for imprisonment. But as he nears the city, suddenly God stops him dead in his tracks with a vision. God supernaturally intervenes here, calling Saul by name twice. Jesus knows all of us by name. Saul's encounter here with Jesus is personal and intimate. Notice here that Jesus doesn't ask Saul why he was persecuting the Christians or his disciples. Rather, Jesus said, Why do you persecute me? When we do a good deed to a disciple of Christ, it's as if we do it unto Jesus himself. When we harm or fight against followers of Jesus, we're fighting against Jesus. Now, Saul wouldn't be able to hinder the Christians in Damascus from furthering the spread of the gospel. 
God allows trials, persecutions, even martyrdoms for the sake of the gospel. He had put up with Saul's rebellious behavior for a season. At the same time, Jesus had promised in Matthew 16:18 that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not Saul, not any of the other Pharisees, not the Sanhedrin, not even the Roman authorities, including Caesar himself, would be able to successfully stop the spread and growth of Christ's church. It appears Saul had met his limit and God wasn't going to allow him to continue any further down this road. Notice Saul is directly opposing Jesus. He was an enemy of God. If anyone deserved God's strict and immediate judgment at that time, it would have been Saul. He was opposing, persecuting, and even murdering those who loved and followed Jesus. Have you ever been on your own road to Damascus, so to speak? Just an outright rebellion to God? Maybe it was an ignorance, or maybe you knew full well what you were doing. God, in his patience, allowed your foolishness for some time. But suddenly, enough was enough. You reached a dead end. Like the donkey who spoke in the Old Testament and told the mad prophet to turn around, you are at an impasse. God was being patient, waiting for your repentance. Time passed, nothing had changed. But because of his great love for you and pursuit of you, he dramatically confronted you in your sin and helped turn you from your destructive path. Saul here in Acts 9 didn't deserve God's loving attention. He deserved God's wrath. But we'll see here that Saul is going to get a second chance. God not only supernaturally intervenes to stop Saul from persecuting Christians, but he also intervenes because in his sovereign will, he had a plan, purpose, and call for Saul. So again, he's nearing the city and suddenly is overwhelmed by a light above that apparently rattles him so much that he falls to the ground. And then he's asked a question confronting his sin. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Let's keep reading, starting in verse 5. He said, Where are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise up and enter into the city. Then you will be told what you must do. Saul responds, wanting to know who is speaking to him. Jesus identifies him and then tells Saul to go into the city to be given further instructions. I wonder if Saul's heart sunk for a moment when he learned it was Jesus. Saul was maybe Jesus' greatest enemy up to that point. If Saul was in Jerusalem for the feasts when Jesus was crucified just a few years prior, perhaps he had agreed with the Hebrew crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. Who knows, maybe Saul himself was a member of the Sanhedrin when Jesus was crucified. We know here in Acts that Saul had permission from the chief priests in going to Damascus to persecute Christians. These were the same men at Jesus' crucifixion who had asked by Pilate, Shall I crucify your king? said, We have no king but Caesar. Jesus was Messiah and Lord. But Saul, up to this point, hadn't accepted that truth. He fought violently against that reality, making it his life's mission to destroy Christianity. 
But now Saul had seen the resurrected Lord Jesus in a blinding vision. The Apostle Paul, also known as Saul, had testified years later in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 1, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Upon learning Jesus was alive, he would, of course, have understood that Jesus had indeed been raised from the dead, just as he had promised he would beforehand. Saul would have realized this man Jesus had power over death. He had conquered the grave. It seems to me like as soon as Saul discovered it was Jesus speaking to him, he immediately believed. Some argue his conversion happened then, others say maybe it happened a little later, and it was a process. But we know the beginning of his change certainly happened when he encountered Jesus. Keep in mind as well that Saul was a trained expert in the Torah. We can only guess what was going on in his mind in that moment, as he was probably overwhelmed and in shock. Maybe he started connecting some dots right away realizing the Torah was all about this man Jesus, the chosen servant of God. Although his heart may have initially sunk in realizing he had been opposing God this whole time, maybe he was struck with relief or even joy and excitement when he wasn't instantly struck dead, coming to terms with the fact he was face to face with the resurrected Messiah of God, full of grace and truth. With Jesus from Acts 22, as he makes his defense before the Hebrews, we gather some additional information. From Paul's own words in Acts 22, verses 7 through 10, And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all that's appointed for you to do. Alright, so after Jesus reveals himself to Saul, Saul immediately asks, What shall I do, Lord? Saul acknowledges the resurrected Jesus as Lord and asks him what he should do next. I wonder if the Apostle Paul had in mind his own encounter with Jesus here, his own conversion experience, when he wrote Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. When Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he certainly would have come to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, right? <laughs> and Saul had also literally addressed Jesus as Lord, asking Jesus what he should do. Coming to know Jesus doesn't have to be as dramatic as it turned out to be for Saul. A person's conversion experience isn't typically accompanied with a blinding heavenly vision and face-to-face -face encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus in the flesh. But we have the witness of God's Word, accompanied with the Holy Spirit, to help us encounter Jesus and come to faith. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10 verse 17, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Jesus promised in John 5 24, 
Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. After hearing God's word, we can respond to the good news by deciding to believe in Jesus. Believe that he died for our sins on a cross. Believe that God raised him from the dead. Believe that he now lives and reigns as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Trust in him as your savior. Submit to him as your Lord. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter three, that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. A person transformed by the grace of God, born again in spirit through faith in Jesus, will want to follow Jesus as their Lord. Like Saul said here when he encountered Jesus, so too should we. Lord, what would you have me do?
That was Immeasurable from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. Who has tricked you to trust in the law again? Are you that foolish you began by the Spirit Are you now being perfected By your flesh and works you've done Is it by works you were saved Or by hearing with The desires of your eyes Have you left the living waters To make cisterns for yourself? Oh, if you do The Father's love is not in you
That was First Love from the Adams Road album Immeasurable.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we continue to examine Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Grace and peace be with you all.